I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. What kind of, I am, I cannot wait, first off, for this all to be behind us, but I am also anxious for years uh, to come where we are able to look back on this and learn uh, lessons. I hope that they are good lessons. I so hope that we are doing the right thing. Really, we won't be able to know until this is all said and done and we've flattened the curve and this coronavirus is something well under control. We've developed a vaccine and such like that. That'll be the time where we can start evaluating our behavior as to whether or not it was an overreaction, an underreaction, uh, or if it was something else altogether. Uh, But what we can do right now is follow the advice of the experts. And that advice has remained unchanged for some time now. It is keep your hands clean. Uh, Don't be touching your face. uh, Limit your exposure to other people. Social distancing. Uh, I haven't uh, mentioned it yet, but I am continuing to broadcast from my guest bedroom here. Uh, Maybe you can tell by uh, some of the audio quality comes and goes a little bit. Uh, We have the delays sometimes between uh, myself and some of the audio and the conversations we have. Uh, But that is all a worthwhile sacrifice to make, I believe. Even if it is an overreaction, it is action. And that sometimes uh, settles the mind and give us some, gives us uh, each some ownership as to what's happening uh, all around us. Uh, I, I'm honored to be joined on the program today by Jenny Taylor, a good friend of mine. She currently is the civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army, a new position uh, she has undertaken recently. And uh, over the weekend, uh, Jenny participated in a Pentagon briefing where certain military defense tactics uh, were shared and could be applied to to this battle, the one we're waging against the coronavirus. Additionally, uh, she uh, spoke with senior Army leaders who outlined the Army's role in the battle we are waging against COVID-19. So with that, uh, Jenny Taylor, grateful to you for joining us on the program today. Hey, thanks, Lee. How you doing today? Not too bad at all. A little bit cooped up, getting some cabin fever, uh, but I'll, uh, I'll endure, I'm sure. <laughs> there are come, other folks that my house. We got, I do. We got seven kids and a new puppy. There's a lot of cabin fever going on here. No, all right. Uh, t- tell, me, tell me about this, uh, this briefing you participated in. Uh, who spoke and what would you learn? All right. So we, you know, we learned quite a bit. It was led mostly by the U.S. Army Secretary, who is uh, Ryan McCarthy. But also present, we had the commanding general of the Army Corps of Engineers. We had uh, medical experts, all kinds of specialists. And it was just fascinating to look at how 
the Army is involved with this. Of course, the Army is affected by uh, coronavirus, just like every other population is, is affected by it. But also what role they're taking as as they get ready to stand up and, and kind of do their job. You know, the job of the Army has always been to fight and win our nation's wars. Well, this, like President Trump keeps calling it, this is a war against a virus. It's an unseen enemy. It's not boots on the ground. It's not grenades in the sky, but it's a battle nonetheless. And so to me, it's been fascinating to see how the Army is uh, right in there, cutting-edge research. We've got Army scientists, Army Medical Command just right in there among those working on the, the technology side of it, the development of vaccine side of it, the, the engineering of machinery to be able to get more of the medical equipment we need side of it. But also looking, the Army Corps of Engineers is a fascinating group. You know, they're, they're nationwide and kind of regionally set up, and they're looking at cities like New York where they've been hit so hard, and now they've got a lot of vacant hotels, vacant convention centers, even uh, vacant college housing that they're looking at being able to convert into medical facilities, being able to go in and use their engineering skills. And this is this is pretty impressive stuff. They're talking about being able to make more bed space available. Now, whether the bed space would be for the, the patient with the coronavirus, COVID-19, or maybe the COVID-19 would go to the traditional hospital and other patients might be housed in hotels or other uh, backup. It's just fascinating to see nobody's sitting back waiting for a solution to find them. Everyone is actively and proactively looking for how do we help? What do we do? How can we think outside the box? You know, I'm quick to say all of us right now are rookies. Even the most expert of the experts of the Army, of the epidemiologists, of the World Health, everyone is brand new at this. We've never seen anything this scale, this scope, this widespread, this quickly spread. Uh, just globally spread. So everyone's trying to work hard, doing their best, um, coming up with ways to innovate and, and, like I said, think outside of the box. But there was a, a great comment from one of the generals in this press briefing where he said, we're going with good enough. We're going with good enough. And that's not to be lazy and that's not to be lackluster. That's to say we don't have time right. to look for the perfect answer, the perfect setup, the perfect solution. We're going with good enough. We're going to find something that works. We're going to get it good enough, and we're going to get it set up quick enough that it can be helpful. So that's just been really, really intriguing sure. to me. And really, more than anything, it's comforting to me to go, holy cow, look at this military of ours stepping up to the plate just the same as they would if we had a foreign enemy coming on our heels. They're, they're always ready to battle for us and keep us as safe as they can doing their part sure. and, and finding what their part can be in this. I introduced you, uh, Jenny Taylor, as the civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army. Uh, each state, I believe, has someone occupying that role. Would you do me a favor? Uh, give me a, a brief summary of uh, what that position is uh, responsible for completing. And then if you wouldn't mind taking a moment talking about what's happening uh, locally to make sure our veterans and yeah. military members and their families are being taken care of here in the state in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak. Absolutely. I love that you asked that because I'll be honest, you know, uh, a couple months ago, I wasn't sure what a CASA was. It's a civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army, the acronym is CASA, C-A-S-A. You're right. Every state has one. And states with bigger cities or bigger military bases have more than one. In Utah, we, we have one. Now, this is Army specific, so uh, we don't have a large Army base here. We do have Hill Air Force Base and we have Army installations, but we don't have... Um, a giant Fort Bragg or a Fort Benning or something. So we have one CASA for our state. My job right. is to kind of be the go-between between the Secretary of the Army, who, of course, works in the Pentagon, 
and the boots on the ground army here in Utah. Now, army here in Utah might be new recruits. It might be the recruiters. It might be the ROTCs on our college campus. It might be uh, Dugway. It might be Tuella Army Depot. Of course, we've got an off-army National Guard contingency here, Army Reservists. So there's a lot of army here in Utah that it can be easy to feel maybe separated from or not quite connected to what happens with the big dogs back in the Pentagon. And and the Pentagon's aware of that. They want to have those connections. They want to know what's going on in the community on a local level. They know there's no one-size-fits-all. You know, what's working in New York or what's needed in New York doesn't really apply to Salt Lake City or, or, or to Denver or these different places. So that's kind of my job as the, the CASA here is to work with the different Army leaders, Army units, Army contingencies here right in our state, and then keep open lines of communication going with uh, the Army and the Pentagon, hence the reason for my participation in these, these press briefings, sure. these conference calls. You know, nobody's trying to keep any secrets here. Everybody's trying to be as transparent as they can, but you and I know there's a press conference yeah. almost every hour. There's a press conference every day because new information, new things are coming we're working with our local military through the Department of Veteran and Military Affairs in Salt Lake near Fort Douglas to make sure that our Army and other military families here in Utah are are having their needs met. You know, uh, Army reservists right now have canceled what they call battle assemblies. You and I might think of that, you know, with the National Guardsmen. They go to guard duty once a week one or one weekend a month or something with the reservists. They call it a battle assembly. Well, they've canceled those for good reason because of social distancing. But that means that that soldier is not going to work that one weekend a month, which means that soldier is not earning the money that might have been earned at that work that one weekend a month and the ripple effects there. So we're working closely with um, Gary Harder and, and his staff there with the Department of Veterans Affairs in Salt Lake to make sure we can reach out to our current military population. Of course, our veteran population is is always of our utmost importance to us, especially our veterans who are older. Veterans from previous war generations would be in that category above age 60 that are higher risk for this particular virus. And so um, the, the Salt Lake Office of Veterans Affairs is working right now on coming up with a way using media, using social media, uh, reaching out to our veterans to say, hey, if you need help, we can help you, but we got to know where you are. we got to know who you are. And so they're working on some intake opportunities where we can do that. If, if you and your community, if you know of a military family who might be struggling or facing some hard times right now, in addition to the hard times we're all facing, you know, let's get, sure. let's get everybody in touch. Let's look to the sources of the, the, you know, accurate information, the experts, but a quick email is veterans at utah.gov. And that is, you know, to kind of get into this department of Utah Military and Veteran Affairs. But we're working closely. We're we're communicating constantly. To say we have it solved right now would be foolish and preemptive, but we're still working. We're trying to find out who's in need. Uh, How can we help you? How can we help make sure those basic needs are met? Um, What's your family need? But on the other side of it, you know, this makes me incredibly proud to be an Army wife right now. Like, there are soldiers around the country and around the world who are ready at a moment's notice to go to bat for me. And like I said, it might be against the Taliban, or in this situation, it might be handing out water bottles or helping a city that's been really hard hit, like New York or some of the other areas that are 
calling upon their national guard to fill in some of those blanks. But it's a great, it's a great time to to look to our military, be grateful for what they're doing, give them the support they need, but to know they've got our back. They're here. We're not going into martial law. We're not going into lockdown. But they are here to support, to lend support to the governors and the mayors of the cities as needed. Of course, to lend support to the president and national authorities as needed. But it's a it's a proud time to be a, an army family here. I'll tell you that much. You're 100 percent right. Jenny Taylor, civilian aide to the secretary of the army. So grateful to you for your service, the information you're bringing to this program. We're going to take a quick break and talk about the Olympics next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.